0: Love, talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome, once again, to Tuesday Talk with Key West Blue. I am your host, Louis Patron. We've got a show tonight. Some good things, some bad things, some happy things, some sad things, some shocking things, some not shocking at all, uh, some new to you, perhaps, uh, not new to others, uh, although all of you, whether you've heard the story before or after, will find that particular topic, which will be number two on the list tonight, uh, interesting and deplorable. Uh, we're going to be doing a little bit of traveling tonight. New Orleans, Virginia, New York City, Alaska, Washington, D.C., Bloomington, Indiana, the Bronx, the Everglades, and Grassy Key. So, let's start with a game like no other. It was a rare experience last night, a a once-in-a-lifetime, the Final Four championship basketball game, Kansas against North Carolina. Kansas won 72-69. to 69. The path to victory was not easy, however. North Carolina, who lost the game, cleaned the floor with Kansas in the first half. At halftime, the score was North Carolina 40, Kansas 25. For all intents and purposes, the game was over. In most minds, including mine, uh, except for the Kansas players and their coach, Kansas came out in the second half and set the game on fire. Kansas outscored North Carolina in the second half. Listen to these numbers. 47-29, to 29, thereby winning 72-69, to 69, losing by 15 at half, outscoring their opponent by 18 points in the second half and winning the game by three points. What a game. Dramatic, exciting. I love college basketball. But even if you don't, rarely watch the game, but watch this one, you had to be excited. It will be difficult for the Kansas players to exceed anything in their lifetime as that which they experienced last night. Uh, it was a rare high that very few people get to experience in their lifetimes. Jim Beheim once told me that When a team is far behind in a basketball game, it is impossible to win. They expend so much energy in catching up, they mentally slow down, not realizing they are letting down. So it was a biggie. It was unusual. It was unique. It was terrific. Kansas' victory was that special. Uh, And why? Because they never gave up. Okay, now some heavy stuff coming uh and what i'm about to share uh what follows is a story that needs to be known by as many as possible in a sense involves putin the ukraine his dastardly deeds especially rape i don't have to tell you that pictures are videos are all over the internet the bodies are all over the internet it's in putin's chemistry his soviet chemistry he is mimicking his hero joseph stalin it was early 1945 the allies were on the verge of entering germany eisenhower was aware it was going to be a horrendous battle many allied victims his men were tired the ardens and the battle of the bulge had been unexpected the men needed a rest The major allies consisting of the United States, Great Britain, France, and the Soviet Union had agreed to split Germany into four zones at the end of the war. Stalin wanted, and Stalin got the zone where Berlin was situated. Stalin also wanted to be the first in Germany and the first into Berlin, a number of reasons involved. He was upset with Hitler. As World War II was beginning... Russia and Germany had entered into a non-aggression pact. Hitler broke it. Uh, the Russian-Germany portion uh, of World War II was initially fought in Russia. Hitler ravished the Russians as Putin is ravishing Ukraine today. Russian women subjected to mass rapings. Stalin wanted vengeance. Alone, he pushed Roosevelt and Churchill to let him enter Germany and Berlin first, so Russia could invoke the retribution it deserved. Eisenhower, Roosevelt, and Churchill agreed to let Stalin have his way. The Allies entered <clears throat> excuse me, a small portion of Germany and then held so Stalin could do whatever he wanted. They stopped. They said, the rest of Germany is yours, Berlin is yours. While approaching Berlin, Stalin had one million artillery shells dropped on its outskirts. The Russian troops raped their way to Berlin and then Berlin itself. The numbers accurately tell the story. Most occurred within Berlin. The rape victims the rape victims' ages had nothing to do with selection. Any age would do. Victims ranged from eight to eighty. It is estimated as many as 2 million were raped. 240,000 died directly from the rapings. Another 200,000 from diseases acquired during the rapings. No condoms involved here. Most rapings were mass ones. Some women were raped as many as 70 times in one session. One reporter wrote, and I quote, It was an army of rapists. The Russians felt they had a right to commit the rapes. The Germans early on in the war had violated their motherland. Another consideration justifying their misconduct was that the troops had not had contact with women for a long time, causing, and I quote, as they put it, uh, the Russians, their animal instincts to be heightened. The Russians were sex-starved. Such makes it understandable why they would rape older women, would you believe this, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. As terrible as this may sound, and I'm sharing what history tells us, some of the older women found it, I'm laughing as I say this, because it sounds stupid, and it's humorous at the same time. The older women, a lot of the older women found it a delight to receive the sexual attention, uh, the insanity the in many respects, that goes with war. Historians recognize the rapings as the, and I quote, greatest phenomenon of mass rape in history. The greatest phenomenon of mass rape in history. Even Soviet women were raped by their countrymen. Soviet women who had been transported by Germany to forced labor camps in Germany. Stalin himself was very understanding and tolerated the rapings. He and I quote, understood it if a soldier has crossed thousands of kilometers through blood and fire and death, has fun with a woman, or takes some trifle. Another time, Stalin is quoted to have said, and I quote again, we lecture our soldiers too much. Let them have their initiative. One example of how women were subjected to gang or multiple rapings was to spread Eagle, spread eagle, a woman on the ground, had the Russian soldiers line up and take her one at a time. Many of the rapes intentionally turned into rape murders. Another reason for the rapings was that Russians felt inferior to Germans. Russians had not lived like Germans prior to the war. Germans were more civilized in their lifestyles. It was sort of the White House with pick and fe- picket fence concept. This feeling of inferiority uh, led Russians to seek, and I quote, honor and desire for revenge, honor and desire for revenge. Women were raped in public in front of their husbands before both were killed. Russians considered women spoils of war. Several years after the war, one former Russian soldier reflected of fighting without a woman was difficult. He was young and strong, and he and his comrades thought it was fun. No sorrow. I went four years without a woman. I was entitled to a woman. You know, my blood was boiling. Uh, It was fun when we we grabbed these women, and we screwed the hell out of them. Amazing. Russia had a policy. Three days of looting and rape were permissible. The problem was the three-day rule was not enforced. Another former Russian soldier wrote, and I quote, we came to Germany to take our revenge. We came to Germany to take our revenge. European Soviet troops were not the first to enter Berlin. Soviet Mongolian Asians were. They raped the German women with as much enthusiasm as their white European brethren. One Mongolian rape reported involved one German woman who was raped lying on the street by many soldiers, when they were finished with her, they walked away, pulled the pin on a grenade, and laid the grenade between her closed legs at, right next to her vagina and walked away. As long as she kept her legs closed, she was all right. Obviously, she could not, and she blew up. Besides girls and women, there is another group that requires mentioning who died. Died not from rapings, but rather hunger and lack of medical care. Children. Would you believe the infant mortality rate was 90%? Year after year, I'm sorry, years after the war, West German Chancellor Kohl and, and Hanilov were married. Hannah Love had been gang raped at 12 by Soviet soldiers and then thrown out a first-floor win- woman window. The rape and bad back were with her for life, a child for trauma that never left. She committed suicide in 2001 as a result thereof. There is a sense of Putin throughout. To this day, many Russians claim the rapes during World War II were committed by Germans wearing Soviet uniforms. <laughs> were committed by Germans wearing Soviet uniforms. Remember, how? uh, what's his name? Putin is talking today, who did what to who with regard to the dead people, the rapes and everything else. Uh, Poems were born of the tragedy. A portion of one, and I quote, a girl's been turned into a woman, a woman into a corpse. The mother begs, soldier, kill me. Sick, all of it sick, then and now. Okay, we'll move on from rape now. Uh, Let's see, where are we going with this? Story that broke today. Sick, 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 sick. Uh, A mayor of a Ukraine village, a woman, her name, Olka Sukhenko, Sukhenko, uh, her body was found in a shallow grave, her hands tied behind her back, a bullet hole in her head, her her husband and son in the grave next to her, her sin, her crime. She had fought for the Ukraine people and supported her people against the Russians. Uh, It's horrible. This this crap is horrible, uh, terrible, and that is what's going on. It was 1975. I'm, not, I'm sorry, 1775. 1775. Patrick Henry, Patrick Henry, uh, recall what he said before the Virginia Provincial Convention in 1775? He said, give me liberty or give me death. Give me liberty or give me death. And that's what Kalinske president of the Ukraine is saying today, and so are his people. Uh, one of the most wonderful persons in Congress today, <laughs> and I say this with tongue-in-cheek, it's a joke, my friends, believe me, Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's a fruitcake, she's a nut, she's bad woman, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, three congressmen. Announced, I'm sorry, three United States senators announced yesterday they will vote for Judge Jackson for the Supreme Court. That's big, three Republican votes. And that's probably all she's going to get, which is three more than they expected, Democrats expected, would vote for her. And the senators are upstanding people. Romney, Murkowski, and Collins. Green called them today, and I quote, Pro pedophiles, pro pedophiles. Boy, her tongue is loose when it comes to this stuff. Uh, and why'd she do this? What's happened is by Green saying this, and she's a supporter of Cunin. Cun- I'm sorry, Cunin, and they support her. And this reverted immediately when she said this stuff uh, to the Cunin attack on Jackson. All right. It's an ugly accusation. It points to a dangerous trend in the Republican Party. Now, why are the QNs on Senator Jackson's back? Why are they trying to destroy her with this pedophilia theory? Because they're conspiracy theorists, as you know, and pedophiles, they're a big thing that they toss around and play with. Well, very few people are aware Uh, Now, you've got to remember, Jackson has been a judge for, what, nine years or 11 years before uh, the the president nominated her for the Supreme Court, and the first nine or ten years were spent as a district court judge sitting in Washington, D.C. She was a trial judge. Now, remember Pizzagate? Yeah, where Hillary Clinton and her friends... Uh, were pedophiles and they were running a, a a sex slave operation out of the cellar of a pizza parlor in Washington D.C. I forget the name of the pizza parlor. It's a material. So this Q-9, uh fellow from another state, far away from from uh, Washington, decides he's going to do something about it. You know they're nuts. These people, and so he gets a gun. <laughs> And he goes to the Pizza Hut,
1: <laughs> where
0: Hillary and her gang are turning are pedophiles and are turning out uh, sex crazed kids in the cellar. And what does he do? He shoots into the building. <laughs> uh, fortunately, I don't think anyone got hurt. He was arrested. He was tried. You can't tried. You can't do these things. And he was tried before Justice Jackson. She was the trial judge, and he was convicted. And he was sentenced to four years in jail. They don't like the fact, Cunan, that she put this guy in jail for four years. Okay, he was trying to save the kids from pedophiles, and this whole thing with Taylor Green, Marjorie Taylor Green, and everything else, and some of these crazy senators like Cotton and Howley and whoever else there is, because they want the Cunan support for. for They're to to support them, the Cunans, to support them in the twenty-four presidential election. They want to run on the Republican ticket, okay? So they say, and they're against Jackson for this reason. They don't come out and say it that way, but this is all that's involved. Uh, Poor Edgar had to do four years because Judge Jackson sentenced him for shooting into the pizza parlor uh, because he thought there were pedophiles downstairs. Okay, and they were screwing around with these little kids, and you can't do that. Uh, And that's why uh, the Cunans are against, uh, again, uh, Judge Jackson uh, for the Supreme Court, and will be for anyone who is in a similar situation. And their star is Marjorie Taylor Greene, who supports all these crazy people, and do you know why? Cause she's crazy she's got to have something loose in her head something's happening with some of the women in this country with some of the women in this country now a woman is a woman i look at a woman and to me she's a woman i look at a girl and it's a girl uh i don't refer to her as a female she's a woman she's a girl Well, some very prominent people are changing the terminology, the way women, girls are to be described, and they're prominent people. Here's the story, okay? Dr. Michelle Morris, who is chief medical officer uh, for the New York State Department of Health, refers to white mothers. Notice the distinction, white mothers and women of color are differently classified white mothers as birthing people, birthing people. And she refers to black and Hispanic women as mothers. I don't know what the hell the difference is. Birthing people, birthing, uh, birthing people, mothers. Now comes a woman we all know, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And this blows me up. She doesn't call women women anymore. She refers to them as, and I quote, menstruating persons. I was with a menstruating person last night, and we had a good time. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't know why it's coming. But that's out there, and that's another story. Uh, Okay. There's another nut. Another fruitcake out there. And with all due respect to my female listeners, I love you all. I don't discriminate male, female, or anything else. Uh, but, so, but if I call somebody crazy like uh, Green I'm, and call this woman crazy, I'm going to share with you now, I'm sure you understand. Okay? Guess who announced this past week? She wants a seat in Congress. Sarah Palin. Remember Sarah Palin? She was governor of Alaska. She ran for vice president on John McCain's ticket when he ran for president. Okay? A whack. Poor John McCain. It, it, it looked brilliant when he first picked her out. It only took a few days to discover she wasn't brilliant. And it was not a brilliant idea, but he was stuck with her. Anyhow. Do you remember her experience? I hope that if she gets elected, she her reading is much better developed. She reads more and better uh, writings than she did back when she ran for vice president. Do you recall the story big time? Kathy Corrick asked her. She was interviewing her on the run. They were walking someplace together. What do you read? A simple question. What do you read? You know, Tommy, she wanted to hear the New York Times, Washington Post, this book, that book, and so forth. She didn't know what to say. Sarah Palin said, I read. Well, what newspapers? Sarah Palin says, I read them. Uh, what books? I read them. What magazines? I read them. She became a joke. Palin was a, not only became, was a joke to begin, Okay. She claims as the mainstay of her program in her race for Congress. She's got a big primary out of her. A lot of Republicans up in Alaska want that seat. But she claims uh, the far left. And I quote, the far left is destroying America. The far left is destroying America. David Korn, great broadcaster, great writer, great TV announcer, uh, has been for a number of years now with uh, Mother Jones. He recently wrote about Ginny Thomas. Now, she's an, I got to say it, you can disagree with me, but I don't think you will. She's a fruitcake. She's a nut. Ginny Thomas is the wife of Associate Justice of the Supreme Court Clarence Thomas. Now, and I quote, Ginny Thomas is absolutely bonkers justice clarence thomas is literally in bed and he would be it's his wife with a conspiracy theory nutter with a conspiracy theater nutter theory nutter and she is the woman's nuts uh, this is the one uh that was at on january 6th we know those best far she was at the rally in the early morning that Trump held outside with thousands in front of him, and then he said, follow me, we're going to the Capitol. Of course, he disappeared, he never led them down there. But anyhow, she was there. She didn't say she was part of the crowd, though, that attacked the Capitol. She said, I went home because it was too cold. I hope we find out that she's a lawyer in that regard. I suspect she is. Uh, But she also participated to some degree. It's thought. It hasn't been established yet with the planning for January 6th. She was, in char- she was involved with certain people uh, in the days before. Uh, and so we'll see. But corn hit her right on the head. She's bonkers. And the poor judge, but they can't say he's the poor judge. He made the choice. He married her. Uh, is literally in bed, literally in bed with a conspiracy theory nutter. And now comes uh, Jared Kushner and his good wife, Ivanka Trump. This is very strange. The January 6th committee. They, issue, they invite people to come testify. They don't come. They issue subpoenas. They don't show up. They show up. They take the Fifth Amendment 500 times. Well, Jared Kushner testified last Friday for seven hours before the January 6th committee. He was not subpoenaed, he came voluntarily, never took the Fifth Amendment, and they said they learned much from him, he was open in his responses. And then today Ivanka appeared before the January 6th committee, and she testified for eight hours, none of them took the, she didn't take the Fifth Amendment. She didn't ask for immunity up front, nor did her husband. they said her testimony was good. Also, uh, are they abandoning the ship? It sounds like that to me. They're young. They got a long life ahead of them. Uh, a lot of people didn't like them uh, after Trump's presidency. Uh, maybe they re- maybe they have reevaluated their lives. It, it would not surprise. Jared Kushner's father went to jail for other things years ago. I'm sure he doesn't want to go to jail. He doesn't want to leave his wife or kids. His wife doesn't want to go to jail. Though son-in-law and daughter, they are involved with the former president. It's going to be it's going to be interesting what happens down the line. Uh, very interesting note that jared kushner was not at the january 6 proceedings uh he was flying back from some place in the middle east he was working on the uh arabian israeli peace pact uh when he got to washington the insurrection was ongoing but he went home he never attended it ivanka did attend we know at least two or three times she was in that room next to the Oval Office where her father spent several hours watching what was going on through a window and on television, eating hamburgers. And she told him two or three times, Dad, you got to stop this. You've got to put a stop to it. And he refused. So her testimony will have been interesting. And it's interesting that it appears there's going to be a family split here. Gasoline! Four sixty a gallon in Key West it was four sixty a gallon two weeks ago so it hasn't moved up uh, you know, two months ago, three months ago it was four and a quarter a gallon for two or three months so I don't think we're getting hit hard though I think it's too expensive anytime it's that high you know, over $4, even high $3 uh, it took me last week $60 to fill my tank I got a 12 gallon tank I probably put 11 and a half gallons in uh, that's a lot of money uh, and think how much money it is for the husband or wife with several children, and you know they got regular low-paying jobs, and they got they need the car, they got to put food on the table, they got to pay the rent. Bad situation. This day in 1954, RCA began pro, began producing colored television sets at its plant in Bloomington. Indiana, 1954 RCA colored TV sets they were making. Okay? I did not see my first colored TV set till June 1957, some three years later. It was the day I graduated from college. We were having a big family dinner at the Stelladoro restaurant in the Bronx near my college, and the place was packed, and all of a sudden everyone's running to the bar. I got up and ran to the bar. What was going on? And there it was. Color television. I don't think any of us in the room had ever seen color television before. It must have been the way it was when people saw their first talking movie. It was exciting. It was a thrill. That, my friends, is the show for tonight. Hope you enjoyed. Glad you joined me. I keep telling you. More and more every week. I love the show. I love you, and I love your friends who join you. Great stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, have a good week, and good night.